This is the Emmanuel Message Podcast. For more information on Emmanuel, check us out online at kenosha.church. Ben Segabart, our friend and guest speaker, is teaching week six of our series, Holy Spirit. He will be diving into when the Spirit speaks. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, guys. I am very kind of thrilled to be here with you guys. Honestly, my wife and my kids and I have been up here in Kenosha for several days, hanging out, getting to talk with some of you and connect with some of you. And we've been, as Pastor Andy said, we've uh, really been a part of the church uh, visiting for years as Pastor Andy's been your pastor here for very many years now. And it is fun for me to come in and join in on a series that you guys have been uh, going through for several weeks. And I actually started kind of joining you guys online, knowing that I was going to be a part of this. And I didn't want to just kind of drop in here, having no idea where you guys have been and what you've been up to. And so it's really cool to be a part of this Holy Spirit series. Um, Just to tell you a little bit about me, if you don't know who I am, uh, I grew up in Indianola, Iowa. It's just south of Des Moines. I grew up on a farm, kind of last house on a dead end gravel road. So anything metropolitan, anything in the city is really kind of foreign to me and how I grew up. I did go to school at Trinity International University and graduated from uh, college there. And I have four kids. I've been married for 16 years and um, just, uh, you know, kind of love living the dad life. I'm a pastor in Indianola at an evangelical free church down there. And I'm not the lead pastor. I'm just one of the pastors on staff and love being involved in who, what God does through his church. And I want to encourage you guys. I want to come from another church, you know, in, in Iowa as a pastor there and say as, as just, you know, a, an individual who loves the Lord, a Christian man, being able to see your church and see how you guys love each other and see how you guys care for each other, see how you guys minister to the community. I've been witness to your guys' heart for the Lord Jesus Christ and how you've been praying for this community and also how you've been worshiping God through it. Uh, I just want you to, to know I am encouraged through you, all right? Guys, uh, I love what you guys are doing. And um, as we kind of kick off this message today, we're gonna be in two different passages of scripture. And for me, um, it's, it's kind of uncommon for me to jump in two different passages. We're, I like just kind of sitting in one passage for a little while, but we're gonna be in two different passages. We're gonna be in Galatians chapter five. We're gonna be in 1 Samuel three. I wanna just open up this morning with my main point. Today's passage, today's message is called Hearing God's Voice. My main point is this. God speaks daily. Everyone say daily. Ready? Daily. God speaks daily and God speaks directly. Now say directly with me. Ready? Directly. God speaks daily and God speaks directly. If you want to hear God's voice, our God is a kind God. He's a generous God and he speaks When we talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is mentioned uh, around 800 times in the Bible. And so this is not a small kind of side note to the scripture. This isn't something that God just, you know, kind of puts on uh, kind of on the back shelf and said he holds it right up front that the Holy Spirit is mentioned over 800 times in the Bible. Genesis 1, 2, the second verse of our scriptures, we see that the earth was formless and void And darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Notice that the Spirit of God was there at creation. And as I kind of recap for you a little bit, I I heard Pastor uh, Andy kind of talking about this a little bit. There's so much confusion that enters into the Christian life when we talk about the Holy Spirit of God. 
And, and it's kind of understandable that there is confusion because the way that we see the Spirit of God interact with his people was just maybe marginally different from the Old Testament to the New Testament. In the Old Testament, we would say that the Spirit of God would come and rest on individuals in the Old Testament. I'm going to have you guys participate with me a little bit. Say on. The Spirit of God in the Old Testament would come and rest on individuals. And again, I heard Pastor Andy kind of mention this. Um, and he would come, the Holy Spirit would come, namely on a few individuals. He would descend on people and he would come on them powerfully. It was noticeable. Typically, it would be leaders, kings, prophets, military commanders. And they would, the Holy Spirit would come to kind of a, accomplish a specific task. And when we look in the scriptures, Micah was given boldness to preach. In Micah 3.8, it says, uh, I am filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord, and with justice and courage. We see in the Old Testament as well that Samson came, and he was given uh, physical strength, supernatural strength from the Holy Spirit of God. In Judges 14.6, it says, the spirit of the Lord came on him mightily. David, when he was repenting because of a great sin that he had committed with Bathsheba, in Psalm 51, he says, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. What an interesting phrase that he would say. And that's because the Holy Spirit would come and rest on individuals for a period of time, and then he would ascend back up. And David's saying, please, Lord, I know that I've sinned against you, but please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. We seem to want God's Spirit in this Old Testament way. That God would just descend on us powerfully, and we would have this understanding of his presence, and that he would just kind of use us in these supernatural ways and then just maybe ascend and be gone. We seem to want it in this weird way that God would just come over us in this powerful way, but instead, we should know that people in the Old Testament looked forward to what we have in Christ today. Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27 says this, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you... Uh, a new spirit. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. In other words, what God wants to do in the New Testament as he's foreshadowing something to come, he says, I will put a brand new spirit within you and I will stay with you and I will reside in you. The Holy Spirit of God in the New Testament resides in us. Say in with me, ready? In. So when the Holy Spirit rested on the Old Testament saints and prophets and would do these things, these powerful acts of God, and then he would ascend back up. Today, we don't have that. Today, we have the Holy Spirit coming down and resting, residing in us. And this is beautiful. This is beautiful because the Holy Spirit doesn't just rest on a few individuals. Instead, the Holy Spirit resides inside of every single believer in Christ. This is an amazing truth in the scripture when we are born again, the Holy Spirit comes and resides in you. In the Old Testament, there was a veil that separated God's presence from his people. But today, we are this holy of holies that the Holy Spirit takes residence in. And as we get going this morning, we're going to go to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to look just briefly at the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not going to preach a long like message on all of the fruit of the Spirit, but what I want to do is maybe illuminate for us something that's a little bit a little bit different view on the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, the letter of Galatians was written approximately 49 AD. It was primarily written to address salvation by faith, which is another amazing truth that we see. But God doesn't expect us to, to, to live in accordance with every commandment of the law because he knows that we can't, and in the law we fall short. 
but by salvation is by faith in Christ. And we get to this point in Galatians chapter five. Again, this is getting towards the end of the chapter, towards the end of the book. And we see that God's daily voice is imparted to us, that God is in us and we need to recognize his daily voice. If you're looking for kind of another main point today, you can write down this, God's daily voice. In Galatians 5, 16 through 23. I'll read that for just a minute, in just a minute. God's daily voice. Isn't it awesome when somebody just speaks clearly to you? That they would come up to you and be able to communicate with you? Um, some of you guys know that um, my dad recently passed away. It was unexpected. About three months ago, my dad died unexpectedly in an ATV accident. And, and it's really you know, kind of rocked our family. We don't know if it was just the ATV accident. It, it appears that maybe he had a massive heart attack that took him, and then he wrecked the ATV as he was driving it down the road. And I want to thank you guys because so many of you guys have been praying for our family. And some of you have even asked me as we've been visiting here, like, how is your family doing? I appreciate that so much. And I just want to kind of bridge with this. I miss his voice. Maybe some of you guys have lost someone in your life that was really close to you, and that was just something that changed your family rhythm. And you're like, man, I just, I just miss his voice. You know, my dad would come walking up to our house, and, he, and he'd just say, how's it going? And he really wanted to know. You know, he'd, he was a coffee drinker. He'd always sit down, and what's going on? He'd always say, tell me about the church. Tell me about the church. I miss his voice. When I come up here and I tell you guys that you can hear God's daily voice, I recognize that so many of you have a different view of how God may speak to you. What is God's voice like to you? I think about the personification of God, that God is real and, and he is a person and this Holy Spirit that comes to reside in you is God. It's not just this small aspect of God. He is God. And what is God's voice like to you? And I think about all these people, and we were singing about it, and Pastor Andy even bridged with this, this father of God kind of view that we have. And yet the, 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 the view of fatherhood has been so tarnished in our culture. Maybe you look at God as, a, as this disappointed dad in his recliner. You know, and, and what a tragedy, passively, aggressively, kind of angry with the kids. You guys ever see this dad? He just sits in the recliner. The house is a mess. Chaos is, uh, you know, the kids are just storming through everything. And dad just kind of sits there and he's like, they wouldn't listen to me anyways. And so dad just sits there disappointed with the kids. No one listens to him anyways. Every once in a while, he might just bark something out loud. Maybe you think that God is like that. Maybe you have this view of God and God's voice that he's the absent dad. This is very many Christians, that he's not interactive at all. The kids have to guess what he thinks. You know, that, that absent father largely remains uh, silent. His opinions don't really matter and they're inconsequential because he's not around. You're going through hardship in your life and you just wonder like, where's dad? Where's the help? Every time I need him, he's not around. And I ask him for his help and he doesn't respond. Maybe this is your view of, of God. I have several of these as I walk through and I just was considering what, what do people think God is like? Maybe, maybe God to you is the overbearing helicopter parent, always looking over your shoulder to make sure you get it just right. And so you feel like God's right there. No, he's not absent. He's actually very close. He's, he's so close. He's always micromanaging you and saying, Man, why do you do it like that? Can you do it better next time? You can never live up to this God's expectations. And he keeps this tight leash. What are you doing? Where are you going? 
Maybe you have a view of God that's a little bit different than that. I call it the high school stalker wannabe boyfriend. Some people are like, what? Maybe God is like the high school stalker wannabe boyfriend, and, and you show up, and, and, and he's just kind of following you around like this, like me, like me, like me. Oh, I really want you to like me. And, and this God, this view of God, he's just always, oh, you're so awesome, man. You're great. You look so good today, you know, when you get up and you get dressed and you're looking in the mirror and God's right there and he's like, oh, you're, so, you're so amazing. You're so cool. You're the best. If you were to go over to God's house, he's got a little shrine built for you with your picture, you know. Every night before God goes to bed, he kisses the picture and goes to sleep. He's your high school stalker wannabe boyfriend. And he's got this weird part to his crazy personality where, you know, he's like, like me, like me, like me. And if you don't, you'll burn in hell. Like, whoa, the stalker took a turn, you know? Maybe, maybe your view of God is like that. Some people are like that, would you admit? Some people view God like that. Maybe God, your view of God, he's a weak, forgetful old, old man. You know, the old man in the clouds. He's a little disorientated, you know? You have to wake him up to get his attention. You're like, God, hey, and he's kind of, oh, what? Oh, I was taking a nap, you know, the game's on. You have to remind him about things like, God, don't forget, I've got surgery tomorrow. And it's a big surgery for me. Like, I need you to show up and I need you to help me out. I've got a job interview. It's really, it's really important. See this old forgetful old man. He's not a sovereign God in control. He's a forgetful old man. Maybe you think about God as a belligerent tyrant king. He's really oppressive. He's big and he's powerful. He's like the opposite of the old man. He's, he's very, very capable and he just simply doesn't care much about you. You get in his way and you get crushed. Isn't it amazing all the different views of God that we would have? And when I say something like God's daily voice, that God would speak to you, and we would think, oh man, I don't know if I want God's daily voice because my view of God is, is all messed up. He's either a disappointed dad or you know, an overbearing helicopter parent, a belligerent tyrant king. Maybe to you, God is just a good idea. He's not a personality at all. He's just a good idea to give you a little morality. He's not living and active. He's just good ideas evolved over time into helpful principles to help you live your life. What a tragedy. This good idea wouldn't be present with you in your darkest moments of life to comfort and console you. So many people call God friend like we had talked about even a few minutes ago. So many call him their father, but you treat him like the boss that you don't want to hang out with on the weekend, right? Is this God? His spirit speaks to us from the inside, and yet if we're honest, many of us don't hear him. And why is this? And this is where we get to Galatians 5, because God's daily voice, I want you to see this spirit versus flesh situation. It's a spirit versus flesh if you're taking notes. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says this. I say then, the Apostle Paul in Galatians saying, walk by the spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. This exhortation, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit. Again, we're talking about the Holy Spirit today. The spirit desires what is against the flesh. These two are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. Why do you not hear the spirit of God? 
in your life, in this daily conversation with God, it's because there's a battle inside of you, spirit versus flesh. This is something that we often forget when we look into the context of Galatians chapter five. We just go into the Holy Spirit and we, we figure, uh, you know, these, these uh, uh, the fruit of the Spirit and we say, hey, you know what, I know the fruit of the Spirit. Maybe you even have the fruit of the Spirit memorized and so you just start rattling it off. But what we forget is in the context of it, the Apostle Paul is saying, hey man, there's a battle going on and it's spirit versus flesh. There's a war, these desires war against each other. And the Holy Spirit of God, as Pastor Andy had, had talked about in week one, what, did, what is the Spirit of God like inside of you? Well, it has the mind, emotions, and will of God. Pastor Tom talked about how we can grieve this Spirit. The Spirit has emotion, that the Spirit intercedes for us in Romans 8. He reveals us the thoughts of God in 1 Corinthians 2. He's our helper, comforter, counselor, that he will be with us and in us forever. He teaches us, he gives us boldness and power. And as Pastor Andy said in week one, he points us to Jesus Christ. What is the flesh like then? Paul is not talking about flesh in human terms. He's not talking about flesh um, like just our skin that we can touch and feel. No, he's, he's looking at the heart of man. He's looking at the heart of an individual without the influence of the Holy Spirit whatsoever. And this can get really ugly. The flesh has its own will. The flesh has its own emotions. It's what lies on the inside of a fallen, greedy, insatiable appetite of humanity, always wanting more, always looking out for its own. And we see a list here in Galatians of 17 different things going on that are these illustrations of the flesh warring against the spirit. They're opposed to each other. God's daily voice is what I call, um, it, it, I would call it a walking war, which is the next point, the walking war. When you think of war, what do you think of? Bombs, bullets, right? Hiding, trying to stay safe. It's loud, it's disorientating. And yet what, this, what Paul is saying to us here is he's saying walk by the Spirit in the midst of this war zone where you think of bunkers and, bunkers and bullets and hiding, he says, walk by the Spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. Galatians 5, 19 through 23. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. In other words, we should all know what they are. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, Outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I am warning you about these things as I warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Gentleness and self-control, the law is not against such things. <clears throat> you want to hear God's voice? His spirit is in you. And this is what the spirit of God is like. Love, joy, peace, goodness, patience, kindness. See, a lot of us think, oh, the, the, <clears throat> the fruit of the spirit is something that we just need to work up. <clears throat> it's like a list of things that God wants us to do to be good. Like, I wish I could just love better. No, 
Love is the Holy Spirit in action in your life. This is God's daily voice. This is God speaking to you. If you've ever felt like loving someone in a biblical sense, it is the Holy Spirit. If you've ever felt joy, true joy, full joy, this is the Holy Spirit's voice. Patience, if you've ever been patient in a way that brings glory and honor to God, this is God himself in you. This is God's daily voice. So often we think the fruit of the Spirit is something that we have to bolster up on our own. In Galatians, the whole point of Galatians is telling us that salvation is not by works, it's by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we get to the fruit of the Spirit and we're like, well, these are the works that I have to do to be a good Christian. He said, no, I want you to know what the war zone looks like. He said, I want you to know what battle you're up against. I want you to see the the works of the flesh as obvious and the works of the spirit as very clear. This is helpful for believers because when we see God working in us, we can say, hey, you know what? This, This is God's daily voice. God isn't an absent father. He isn't a belligerent tyrant king. He isn't some, uh, you know, stalker wannabe boyfriend. No, he's an all-powerful God who resides inside of every believer. And he motivates the change in us. And he brings it forward. He is speaking. God is speaking daily. You know, when I I started this message, I was talking about the things that I've seen in uh, Emmanuel Kenosha Church, what I've seen God doing in this place. It is God. It's not just a couple of people working out good works because they hope that God will love them more. It's the powerful presence of God inside of his people carrying out his purposes and his good works. There is a war, and he wants you to be aware of the war zone. This walking war crosses all barriers. It crosses all time and all of human history. Isn't it amazing that we are encountering a war that the, all of our fathers before us and before them and before them and before them for thousands of years have walked the same war. All of human history has fought this spirit versus flesh. It, it transcends all cultures. You could travel to any continent and through an interpreter talk to, these, uh, to, to people from different places around the world and they would say, yeah, there is a, there is a battle here. You could talk to different people of different ages There's a spirit versus flesh war going on everywhere. And I'd like to just kind of warn you because if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't walk by the Spirit. Amen? It's impossible to walk by the Spirit if you don't have the Spirit. Yet Paul's exhortation is, I'm telling you, walk by the Spirit and you will not give in to the desires of the flesh. You say, "How, how can I not fall into these Fleshly desires, there's so many of them. Walk by the Spirit. God's daily voice is spirit versus flesh. God's daily voice is the walking war. And I want to kind of turn the corner now to the second portion of this message, God, God's direct call. God's direct call happens in uh, Samuel. And, and as we look at the context of this, the, we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 3. God's direct call, because God has a daily voice where he's speaking with us daily, but he also has this direct call into our lives. And and Samuel, the book of Samuel starts with a woman who cannot have children, and her name is Hannah. 
Maybe some of you ladies have struggled with infertility in life and some of you families and you know how difficult that is. That can be a terribly difficult situation to walk through. I've known people in my life that have walked that. And in the Old Testament, it was, it was very difficult. They needed the next generation to kind of help take care of. There wasn't different, you know, programs, government programs to take care of the elderly or anything like that. They needed prodigy. They needed the next generation. And so she was so distraught and she regularly would go to the temple to worship. She was a faithful woman of God. You can't say, well, it was because God was, you know, holding something from her because she was bad. And if she got good enough, then he would give her something. It wasn't that at all. She was already faithful to the Lord. She cried out to the Lord for a son in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. I wanted to read this to you as we set up the passage because I think it's so interesting. Hannah was praying silently. And though her lips were moving, her voice could not be heard. Eli, the priest, thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to be drunk? Get rid of your wine. And she said, no, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman with a broken heart. You ever need God so bad? You just want his presence and you're at his temple and you're crying out to him and people think, well, that, why are they acting so weird? This isn't just something that we see now. This was in the Old Testament. He thought she was drunk. I haven't had any wine or beer. She says, I've been pouring out my heart before the Lord. What a beautiful picture of this woman. God gave her a son, Samuel. Samuel means heard of God. In other words, God says, I hear you. I see you. I know what you're going through. I'm not an absent father. I was thinking about this. Uh, she says, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you, Lord. And I thought, what would be harder, not having a son or then God giving you a son and raising him to about the age of four and then walking to the temple and giving him back to the Lord and saying, God, you can have him back. And Samuel served in the temple all of his life. She takes him to the temple to the priest. And by 1 Samuel chapter 3, the boy is still young. And we're going to read a little passage from 1 Samuel first. Uh, Samuel chapter 3. Verse 1, it says, The boy Samuel served the Lord in Eli's presence. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. If you like underlining things, you can underline that. And prophetic visions were not widespread. One day, Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in uh, his usual place. So he was sleeping. Before the lamp of God had gone out, that means it wasn't quite morning. It was like the middle of the night. Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was located. Then the Lord called to Samuel and he, and he answered, here I am. If you like to underline things, you can, say the, you can underline, the Lord called Samuel. This is God's direct voice. Here I am, he said, in verse five. He ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me? What's going on here? Samuel didn't re recognize the voice of the Lord. And so he thought that Eli, the priest, was calling him. And Eli says, he, he, you know, Samuel had woken him up. I didn't call, Eli said. Go back and lie down. So he went back and lied down. Verse six. Once again, the Lord called to Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You, you called me? Oh, I, didn't, I didn't call you, my son. He replied, and so... Samuel went back and lied down in verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. 
Once again, for the third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up, he went to Eli, and he said, here I am, you called me? And Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. Are you grateful for people in your life who understand the voice of God? So he kind of redirects Samuel. He says, I think the Lord is calling you. He told Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there. I want you to underline verse 10. It's amazing. And called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel responded, speak, for your servant is listening. I'd encourage you to continue to to read through that on your own time. Read through what God says, because God actually has a really hard message for Samuel. He says, uh, Eli, this guy who you're being kind of raised up under, his sons are totally bad. They've been up to terrible things inside of the temple, and I'm going to judge Eli and his sons. And so Samuel hears the word of the Lord, and he communicates that the very next morning to Eli. He doesn't want to, but he's faithful in doing it. As we look at God's direct call, I want you to just put as point uh, one to this, that it is rare, 1 Samuel 3, 1. In those days, the word of the Lord is rare, and prophetic visions were not widespread. I don't want you to think that God's speaking is rare, because we just talked about God's daily voice. I want you to know that the, the context that this was happening, this was a rare occasion. In different times in history, God speaks uh, kind of more often or less often, and we just see this on and off throughout the scripture. And that this specific thing that was happening with Samuel was a unique thing. Abraham was called in the same way in Genesis twenty-two eleven, where God says, Abraham, Abraham, and he calls his name out twice. Jacob, it happened as well. Moses, it happened. Samuel, in the New Testament, Martha, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, and calls out to her. Simon as well in Luke 23, Simon, Simon, as he's talking to Peter, he says, Satan asked if he could sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. There's these special times where God kind of calls out your name and he's speaking directly to you. And these are landmark times that the Bible holds out and he says, hey, you know what? This doesn't happen all the time. These are big shifts, but it's very, very significant. God can call your name. And though they're maybe rare at times, he absolutely calls people to his work. And God's voice is not rare, but this unique, special revelation of God is unique. And that's the next thing, that they are revealed by God. Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 7 says this. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Some of you want so badly for God to speak to you, but the word of God has not been revealed to you. And people get hurried in their desire to talk with God or to hear from God. And so they take things into their own hands and they just make things up. Have you ever heard uh, or been around people who do this? And they say, well, you know, uh, God said, and then they just fill in something, but it wasn't God that said it, it was their words. Some of you have maybe been hurt by this badly because they said God said something and they just wanted God to speak so bad. It wasn't always an ill intent. It was just a misplaced understanding of God. And so they would say, oh, I want God to speak And they thought they heard his voice and they said that it was God, but then it it wasn't. You need God to reveal himself and reveal his word. It needs to come from him. And Samuel wasn't just filling in the gaps. Samuel was like, what? Yes, Lord, yes. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Some people command God with their prayers. God, you must do this thing. God, you must, you must. This isn't what we see here in this passage. 
Some people confuse their priorities with God's priorities. Well, these things are really important to me, so I'm sure God will do it because it's really important to me. God must reveal his word. He must reveal himself, and that is up to him and him alone. And the last thing that I'd like to point out here is the response. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. The Lord came. The Lord stood there. The Lord called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel responded, speak, Lord, your, service, your servant is listening. I want this sentence to sit with you. And step away from my notes. I just want you to see something. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. This is the most humble. This is the most open-handed. This is an amazing posture before a mighty, mighty God. So often we want this Holy Spirit and God is speaking to us daily and he's saying, hey, live out the fruit of the Spirit. Live out. God's still small voice is often telling us, don't say that. Be patient, right? I know things aren't going the way you want. Let the joy come out. You know, God's, God's fruit of the Spirit is so amazing and he just wants us, he's got this still, small voice and yet we overwhelm his voice with our voice saying, God, do it this way. God, I want this. God, I need this. And we look around and sometimes to just be pious and holy, we, we say, oh, God is doing this and God is saying that. But deep down, we're like, I don't really know. I want this to be the cry of our heart. I'm gonna like, you know, have no bones about it. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I had this time in my life um, where I felt God's spirit nudging me. I had, I had uh, this feeling in my life, and this, is, this seems kind of abstract. This is just what it was. I was working. I was selling Harley-Davidson motorcycles. I sold Harley-Davidson's for about four years. Um, I had, was in construction before that for a little while. And I was, just, I was just saying, Lord, speak. Before the construction and selling motorcycles, I was... Uh, uh, I was in ministry. I was a youth pastor for some time. And, um, and we had left that. I could go into all of that, what was going on. And I just felt hurt. And so I, I was going a different direction. I'd been selling motorcycles for years. I love riding motorcycles. And I'm like in the motherland here. We went to the Harley-Davidson Museum the other day. Um, still love Harleys. But things in my life from an outward perspective looked really good. It looked like everything was fine. My family was doing well. But I had this longing, something was off. And so I started praying and I started fasting. I understand you guys just finished a week-long fast. Some people think that's really weird. Dude, it's so biblical. And I, I, I just, I didn't know what was off. I just had this unsettledness in my heart. Like, what's off? What's off? I had a really simple prayer. What, Lord? I fasted for, it was about a month. Um, it was a little over a month. And, and I just would say, what, Lord? And I was reading my Bible, and I, there wasn't any other like, crazy stuff going on. I was just saying, what, Lord? What? I didn't know how close it was to Samuel's prayer at the time. Speak, Lord. Speak, your servant's listening. I don't share this very often, but now that I'm sharing it with a whole church, well, this is kind of how it goes. But I had a, I had a uh, one night, I was sleeping like every night, praise the Lord, love a good night's sleep, and I had a dream, and uh, in the dream was, uh, you guys have your dumpsters that you pull out to the curb, they're just the little garbage cans, this was my dream, it was a garbage can, 
And uh, I had been in youth ministry, as I had told you, and I had all this stuff, all these messages that I'd prepared, all this, you know, stuff that youth pastors do, all, you know, all, all these things. And in my dream, all the boxes of, this, of my ministry stuff was thrown in the garbage. And if you know me very well, you know I like wrenching on cars and motorcycles and stuff. I like bringing old things kind of back to life. And all my tools, a toolbox, wrenches, socket sets, ratchets, we're all dumped in the garbage as well. Now, if there's some guys out there that are like, okay, now it's really weird, right? All my tools are in the garbage. It was a very, very short dream. I walked up to this dumpster that was my dumpster at my house, and I looked down in it, and all this stuff had been thrown away, and I heard a voice. So who would throw my tools away? That was it. I woke up just immediately. Now, I want you to know, I think that God, I immediately tried to dismiss it. I'm like, that was a weird dream, you know? And I was just awake. I was awake like I'd been, like it was the middle of the day. And I was like, this is so weird. And, and, and I started just dismissing it. And then I realized I have been praying for over a month. Speak, Lord. What? What? It's very uncommon for me. This is not like, okay, so tomorrow you will hear the voice of the Lord. Dude, no. Very uncommon for me. He didn't say, sell all my stuff and move to Africa. He didn't say, you know, this is your next step. He didn't say any of that. Maybe he speaks like that to you, but I'm, I'm telling you, it was just very, very, who would throw my tools away? And that was it. And I thought, okay, Lord. It didn't mean I needed to go back into ministry full time. It didn't mean any of that. It just meant God had gifted me and I needed to be aware of that and I needed to use those. So I want us as a church family to consider what it means to say open-handed, not driving God into your ends, but to simply, like a, like a kid in the temple who'd been given to God, who doesn't just have God resting on you, who has God in you, that you would open handed and say, Lord, speak, Lord, your, spirit, your servant is listening. We are God's humble servants. As the worship team kind of comes back up <clears throat> to wrap up our service, I just want you to consider what God might do in your life. God speaks daily and God speaks directly. God's daily voice is a spirit versus flesh situation. Maybe you have never had God speak into your life in a powerful or profound way like that, but you know that he could. It's a walking war. Amen, church? Is it not war? Day in and day out, spirit versus flesh, ups and downs, what I want versus what God wants. God in his grace and love can make a direct call into your life. And it may be rare, but it needs to come from God. Don't make it up. Our response today is to say, speak, Lord. <laughs> I'm just some dumb guy from Iowa. You know, I didn't come from some big family. I don't know a whole lot. Isn't that all of our lives? Speak, Lord. I don't have it all figured out, and every time I try, it all blows up in my face. Speak, Lord. I need you and you alone, Lord. I need your power. I need your presence. I need your help. For some of you, I need your spirit. I need your salvation. I've never given it all to you, Lord. I'm holding it too close. This is the reality of the Christian life. Lord Jesus, I'm yours. Lord God, I've gone my own way and I need you. Left to my own devices, Lord, I will certainly see hell's fire. 
I need your grace. And I know it's by faith alone that the Lord Jesus Christ would offer himself up the perfect sacrifice. There's a lot of things that I could do, but there's none that I could do perfectly. Speak, Lord. Come in your power and your way, Lord. This is our response to the presence of God. Amen? Let's be a church that responds to him. We're going to respond to him in song. We're going to respond to him in prayer. We're going to respond to him in obedience. We're going to respond to him in humility. We're going to respond to him in joy. And you think of these fruit of the Spirit, love. We're going to respond to him in love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. There's no law against these things, amen? Let's speak to him now. Lord Jesus, we need you. We think we have it figured out, Lord, some days. We lay our heads on our pillows and we think, what have I done? God, we want our lives to count for something. We know that you've entrusted us with a precious gift, a gift of salvation that's offered to all people. We love you, Lord. We ask that you would come in your presence for your glory, to establish your kingdom, to lead your church. This Holy Spirit, Father God, that you've entrusted is beautiful and he is wonderful. He is you. God, if we sense any drawing to you today, it is you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Again, if you'd like more information on Emmanuel, check us out online at kenosha.church. Also, we'd love it if you connected with us on Facebook and Instagram, both at kenosha.church. Lastly, if you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes at Emmanuel Kenosha. That way you never have to miss an episode and it helps us out greatly. At Emmanuel, we are not a perfect people, but a people being made new. Thanks for listening to this week's episode and we'll see you next time on the Emmanuel Message Podcast.